Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend yeah. of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I Man, you guys don't know this because that sounded great, but I just fucked that up bad, bad. <laughs> but that's the power of editing, man. Like, mm-hmm. we don't. Yeah, man, um, you need to really work on that shit, bro. Don't be getting up in here like that. See, I was working on my voice because, like, the first time I was real Maury with the, the Nick Kroll voice, but I needed to be more aggressive and in your face and a little bit high pitched, bro. Come at me. That's much. That's much better. Yeah, no, that that that's the energy, right? It's like, yeah. like I'm gonna fucking fuck you up, bro. Like I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna I'm gonna suck your juice. <laughs> Um, so we left off after hearing the the truth from the non-perishables about the song and the whole, uh, theology that they invented for this community. Um, Um, my one question is since, since I like Doug don't partake, why do people who smoke have to talk about how much they smoke all the time? It's a real problem. It's a real problem. Um, but I will say like so proud to be like, oh, we blaze 24 seven, bro. Right. That's that's a hip hop culture thing, man. To be honest with you, because uh, I I feel like listen, I smoke marijuana. You know, I have a medical marijuana card. I don't tell anybody shit other than you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. and like maybe for it's a reason, movie thing, but for some reason, I feel like people who like a lot of people who smoke just love telling people how much they smoke. It's it has to do with the culture and the youth. I think you age out of that kind of thing. You know what I mean? There's <laughs> not there's not a bunch of you know. Oh, no. <laughs> they're you all don't. like that. Doesn't matter how old they are. Oh no, oh, that's God. obnoxious though, man. Like, dude, we we're we're in Stop and Shop today, and we go to the self checkout. I got high from three different people around me, all my age. Wow. And they're like proud of it. You could tell they're proud of the fact because it's legal. 
yeah. mass now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, but you know what? It ain't legal to drive stone and you're well, driving stone. Yeah. <laughs> That's obvious. What were you uh store. what were you getting at the store? You know. What? What were you at the store to get? What if he was like stuff? bunch Why? of weed? <laughs> yeah, a bunch of weed. Yeah. Doug got some meatloaf at the store because he got high. Yes, exactly. Then he got a broom because he needs to sweep the floor because he got high. <laughs> then he walked out and ran into the glass because he missed the automatically opening door because he got high. Side note, did you guys hear any of the uh, the stuff that went on with that guy? Afro man? Afro man? Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard a bunch of stuff about him. Why? What are you talking? What what specifically do you mean? All right, so his home was raided by the police. Yeah, yeah. In the town he lives in. You heard about that? Yeah. Doug, did you hear about this? No. He made a whole song about this, like a trapped in the closet song about this. Yeah, because he's got security cameras in his house, and you know, so he caught everything on tape. And the backstory is that like people don't like this successful black musician living in this it's very small town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's in Ohio. In Ohio. Um, okay, that explains a lot. So they fucked his house up and they ruined a bunch of stuff and they went through all his things, didn't find anything. And the warrant they had was for drug trafficking and kidnapping. Wow. Well, <laughs> the funny so part he, was he made a song to the police, like because the police video got released to the public because it's a body cam video. So he made a whole song about the body cam video. He was like, I really hope you like that pound cake over there. Yeah, it was basically the song was like, um, you know, are you guys going to fix my gate? Yeah. And then it, it, <laughs> he's like, I hope you like that piece of, the, of cake. <laughs> yeah. It's footage of them, like looking through his closet, going through his clothes and stuff. He's like, are there any kidnapping victims in my coat pocket? <laughs> it's, it's really good. I, I mean, really honestly, he, he made the best of a shit situation. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, it's an interesting story. And he was really pissed about it. Like, you know, they yeah. kicked his door oh, and his right kids were so. in the house. Like they were traumatized and stuff, but he, yeah. you know, trying to bring some light on a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, back to this movie. Um, Barry's now out in the streets. He's scared. Um, you know, he's... Well, oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a little bit. Of, uh, I jumped ahead. We were arguing so hard about stuff, man, that my fucking... My page started to scroll by itself. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so where we sit with the non-perishables, we get the backstory. Um we get back to that woman's house that bought oh, yeah. all that food and the douche. Although she didn't, she, she, didn't didn't, she really wanted that douche though. She really needed it. Yeah. Not so fresh <laughs> feeling. Um, all the food is excited to see what they're oh, in Oh, by for. the way, that, that's the fucking Brady Bunch house. Is it? Is it re- oh, that's, shit. that's an exact recreation of the Brady Bunch house inside and out. Oh man. This yep. must've been while they were feeding the animators. And I, I noticed that watching it and then looked in the trivia and it's there. That's wow! Cool, so I that's saw cool. the I saw the outside shot, and I'm like, "That's the fucking Brady Bunch house." I didn't even. I didn't and then inside, know. that's the kitchen and the Brady Bunch. That's cool. I didn't even realize it. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. Um, it's the story of a pack of hot dogs who were looking <laughs> forward to get in in some buns. In some buns, they were shaped just like vaginas, <laughs> so uh, they could have some fun. So Camille picks out potato first. Uh, voiced by Greg Tiernan. He is elated. He's so happy. He thinks he's about to enter eternity until the ugly truth reveals itself and Camille starts peeling his skin off yep, and, and drops him into a pot of boiling water. Um, wow. this, this this sequence was pretty well done, I thought. Yeah. Um, 
the way it turns and, and goes straight horror. Um, tomato gets chopped in half. A lettuce head is split in two violently like a fucking Jason movie. Um, cheese is grated, microwaved onto nachos. Bacon is fried. Two little baby carrots try rolling away to freedom. But in maybe the most impressive piece of animation in this whole movie, from the inside of a mouth yeah. looking out, yes, you yeah. see them being just chopped completely destroyed by the teeth yeah. i did like the nachos the nachos in the microwave were fucking <laughs> oh he was... like they're, they're shredding he's like they're shredding the cheese onto us mm-hmm. and then they're oh. yeah, yeah. And then he's dying um, <laughs> but yeah inside the mouth was yes just pretty cool um carl and barry make a run for it out the window they're about to jump into the bushes when camille sticks a knife through carl and slices him upwards yeah, we just saw this scene Kingman. in the Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, there we go. About. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. It was top of mind, you know, because I've been on a Kingsman kick since our uh, last episode. <laughs> um, I wa- I did. I watched the first one twice. I watched the second one and I got about halfway through the third one and I sort of was in and out. It didn't have my full attention. I, I, I watched the second one again. And I can understand that one. I laughed I'm super hard when he said backstage pass. <laughs> That was great. That, yes. I, Honey, if you get us out of here, you can have a backstage pass. I think I told you in the chat, butt stuff from now on is just referred to as backstage pass. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so they, they're trying to escape. Carl gets sliced in half. Barry avoids the same fate and falls into the bushes. Uh, then we cut back to the supermarket where we see Brenda, Teresa, Lavash, and Sammy. They are walking down the aisle. Brenda is pretty convinced that all this bad shit is happening because they disobeyed the tenets of their religion and touched tips, and now the gods are punishing them. Um, so, Joe, if you want to hit this next clip, I'm going to dig into that a little bit. I found out some pretty major shit. I met this group of non-perishables between the shelves, and they told me that they invented the Great Beyond because the gods are evil, and they kill us. What? But apparently there's proof. In the dark aisle, beyond the ice. We gotta go there and check it out. Let's go right now. Don't say that. Well, starting to sound like that whack job, Honey Mustard. Well, maybe Honey Mustard wasn't so crazy after all. Frank, Frank, stop it. The gods are already pissed at us. Please don't make it worse. Just come on. We have to get home before it's too late. Well, Brenda, Brenda, I, I can't just do that. I, I need to know the truth. I, I need to go to the dark aisle, and I want you to come with me. I can't do that. I want you to come home with me. Well... I can't do that. Then I don't really know what to do right now. I don't either. I don't get how you could just believe a bunch of stuff you don't have any proof of. Well, how come all of a sudden you only believe something if there's proof? Because I'm not walking around with my eyes closed. So what are you saying? That that I should believe in nothing? That everything is pointless? Better than believe in a bunch of bullshit that you can't explain. Well, maybe I don't need to explain it. Because it's something I feel. Well, I feel like that makes it hard to have a rational conversation. F you, Frank. You, You know what? I was wrong before. You know, there is a great beyond without you, and I'm going to go there and fill myself with something else. <gasps> you don't mean that. Yes, I do. I'll fill myself with a parsnip or a dill pickle, maybe even an eggplant. You couldn't fit an eggplant in there. It's too big. It'll tear you in half. Oh, you'd be amazed what I could fit in here. What the fuck is going on with these two? You know, maybe I'll really mix it up, huh? Stick a stick a tube of toothpaste in there, huh? Oh, and just shut up! They're just face. trying to hurt me. That's what you're trying to do. I'm not going to listen anymore. My neck and my face. Brenda! Brenda! 
Miranda, okay, look, let's just stop this, okay? Okay? You're my bun. Oh, don't. You're my bun. Hey, trust me. Hey, guys, come over here. Follow me. <laughs> You're basically saying you don't care about me. What? No, I'm not. Well, actions speak louder than words. And your actions, sir, are deafening. I can't believe I got out of my package for you. And you won't get back in one for me. Goodbye, Frank. Right. She did a pretty good Rogan. I'm not going to lie. She really did, man. <laughs> that's, that's on the money. Also, I think like one sentence could really like, you know, just sum up that whole thing. Hmm. The, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Listen, this, I pulled this clip because it's one of the rare moments in this movie where they weren't trying to shock you. Right. And these conversations really happened like that was that was probably the most realistic bit of dialogue in this movie for me um especially where it concerns someone of faith and someone who's discovering that they don't believe the same things anymore and how that affects the relationships that you have with the people in your life that can be tricky shit to unpack and uh it's not an easy thing to do and in this movie when they're confronted with that for the first time it creates an incredible rift and they're not able to overcome it in this moment um you know it really becomes a matter of you're on your path and i'm on mine so this was for me very good um so we get that little clip teresa um admits after that that she also has some urges that she can't give into for fear of angering the gods and you know just just by virtue of what we've seen visually so far in the movie, we know that she's very attracted to Brenda Bunsen and those big buns, you know, those tight <laughs> shots of the animated I know. bread ass mm-hmm. made me, made me chuckle. I don't know what that says about me as a person. <laughs> also uh, when she walks up, she puts her hand on her and then lowers it to her ass. It's just very yes. subtle. <laughs> yeah. And she looks back behind like, yes, I am doing this. Um, just then, they're attacked by El Duce. And he's about to kill Brenda until she rips off that sticker that kept all his juices from leaking. Um, the food manages to escape from the douche as he gets stuck in like the little spaces between the aisles. Again, some, some pieces of animation, if we're talking animation, that really stick out. This was pretty well done, very tense moment. Yeah. And uh, Brenda's buns get stuck and she you know, gets pulled out at the last possible moment. Uh, Barry, our friend Barry, Michael Sear is now out in the streets. He's afraid. Um, he's <laughs> he's running around, doesn't know what to do, and he eventually finds what he thinks is another sausage, and it's just a piece <laughs> of shit. But there's corn in it, and the corn Zombie are corn. like zombies. That was clever. As, yes, like, it was. Yeah. That was. That was a good day in that room. And then know? immediately he finds a oh, used car. And then it goes too far. This is my problem with this movie. Stop with the piece of shit with the zombie corn in it. That was good. That was actually they pretty They stretched great. me out and used me and then sploosh it. That was too much. Yeah. Was too much. It's a yep. talking car. To, yeah. There was no need for that. Nope. It did um, make me laugh, though. Well, you know. I think of the three of us, I probably could have won some money on like who liked that scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just felt like it was like we talked about before, a little shock jockey, 
no need for that. Uh, you already made your point with the piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so he sees the piece of shit. He sees the used condom as we talked about. And then he sees a human or, you know, what he used to consider a God. And uh, this is the character that is voiced by he who shall not be named this douchebag. Um, but he's got a Shopwell's bag and, and very instantly recognizes the logo. Um, the guy's buying bath salts from a drug dealer and walks away. Very thinking the man. What? Who? I, I'm confused. I don't know who it is. I didn't pay attention enough to know who it actually is now. I'm conf- concerned. Who? The, the drug dealer? Franco. The druggie? Oh, yeah, James Franco. Franco. I was yeah. like trying to figure out like, who he won't be named. Like, who are you talking Ugh, about? It's that fucking. Mm. I don't know. Okay, that, that makes more sense then. Ugh. Um, it doesn't necessarily he's very much doing a voice it's hard to tell it's him because also the, like- the bath salt guy looks like a little dicky I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> like little dicky how amazing would that be if in the credits it was like bath salt dealer little dicky that'd be pretty fucking good <laughs> yeah um, he also yeah, looks like the um, the guy from Ratatouille like the, the chef the oh the main chef yeah dude? he looks kind of yeah, like a really down on his luck fat version of him <laughs> Times were not tough. Once that rat died and they figured out this yeah. motherfucker can't cook, what the hell? <laughs> he lost that sweet gig at the Obviously restaurant. Obviously, he can't cook. We're about to find out how bad he is in a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, bath salts. He walks away and uh, Barry kind of like runs after him and hangs onto his shoelace and, and, you know, gets caught in a car door and he goes back to this guy's house. This is the Dixar car. The Dixar. We get that little Dixar sticker, which also felt unnecessary like i get it just like what was the point of that because that one is i made me actually laugh i was like okay i like this i'm back in <laughs> dicks are gotcha yep um it's subtle it's, it's not in your face it's it's just there you, if you didn't weren't watching or paying attention you'd miss it there's if there's going to be some arguing going on in this episode i'm going to argue with you that dicks are was not subtle it was kind of subtle that's no just, that's just my take um, oh, by the way, the, the um, the bath salts dealer is Harlan Williams. Oh, oh shit. shit, which makes total sense. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you can't get a little dicky, you might as well get Harlan Williams. He also <laughs> plays Bob Ganoush. Well, no, no, the, oh, wow. the, the not the guy who's selling the bath salts looks like a little dicky, the guy who uses them looks like a little dicky. Oh, okay. So, I, okay. I, I just know of little dicky, I don't know what little dicky looks like. He looks like that guy, <laughs> but but, okay. but real. Oh no! Just like that guy, like all right. Tim, not not all weird shaped. Now that you're saying it, yeah, it, it it's close. At least in the face. Yeah. Sorry, little dicky. Yeah, not the body, I'm but the face. To, yeah. Little dicky's like super fucking like, like uh, anorexically skinny, like 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 dangerously skinny. Yeah. Um. No offense, little dicky. Um. I don't care if I offend. Back at the supermarket. <laughs> That's kind of his whole shtick. <laughs> um. Frank and his buddies. They're trying to get him. He's he wants him to go to the dark aisle because you know now he's been told that there's proof, and he wants to see it. Um, I'm just so happy because like I was like worried. I'm like, oh, the dark aisle. What are they gonna like? What racist thing are they gonna put in here? Like, oh I'm God. so happy they didn't go that route. I was like, no, I was waiting no. for it. I was like, I was like, oh God, like this is gonna be bad. It was it like the coffee or something? Like, <laughs> That was a step too far. And and there is a world where they pitched like, oh, yeah, guys, what, what are we doing? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, uh, just calm down. All right. Just calm <laughs> down. Um, 
So yes, he, he wants to see the proof. He's been told there's proof. He wants to see it. Brenda has no interest in this. Um, she remains firm in her beliefs and she's hurt that Frank would start bad mouthing um, the gods. She decides she would rather go to the great beyond without Frank and get filled with something else like an eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> it's too big for you. It won't even fit in there. It's pretty fun. That was pretty funny. Um, so Brenda goes back to her aisle and tearfully parts from Teresa who helped her get all that way. It was a sad moment because you really see um, this vulnerability from, from Brenda where she's like, you know, if, if things were different and this, this isn't the way it was, and we weren't going to be judged for this, I might give it a shot with you because I feel something. Um, so again, that's one of the few subtle moments in this movie of, of, you know, having something important to say without hitting you over the head with a crowbar. Um, meanwhile, Lavash and Sammy discover that they have a common friend with Hamas. Yeah. But <laughs> despite this, they remain unable to put their differences aside and return to their arguing groups. Again, we talked about this. You really simplified this thing and you probably should have left alone. Um, it is what it is. We're back at the druggie's house and Barry tries to sneak into the shop well's bag. Uh, the druggie shoots up the basalts and starts tripping balls. This causes him to be able to see, hear, and speak to Barry as well as the other food in his room. Joe, hit this next clip for me. This is fun. Barry, wait, wait. You can actually understand me and I can actually understand you? Whoa. The bath salts are showing me the real world. It's fucking lifted the veil of non-reality. Holy shit! He can actually <laughs> see us? Bath salts are just as bad as they said it would be. Oh, I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking. Whoa, 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 dude, dude, dude. Just take these. Just breathe, dude. Just breathe. You're not tweaking. You're just peeking, man. Just be with me. Be cool. This wave's got to crash. You're all alive and looking at me with your, with your gloves and your, your, your little shoes and your arms and your legs. Legs. Oh. Hey, look at me. Look at me. I ain't got no legs, you fuck. You ain't got goddamn legs. Oh no, not Mr. Pizza. Oh, fuck. I've eaten so many of your family members. I've committed pizza genocide. Mr. Sausage, when will it end? When will it end? When he stops drinking us. Yeah. And Stops eating us! Same here! Fuck yeah! And when it stops using us! What did he do to you? You don't wanna fucking know. <laughs> was that um John Mulaney? No, it was uh Conrad Vernon doing the voice of toilet paper. It sounded <laughs> like John Mulaney from Big Mouth when he plays the Andrew character. It it, it is a little Mulaney-ish. Yeah. And it's yeah. You don't wanna know. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Also, like the fat Albert, like chips. <laughs> that felt very lazy to me. Like, all right, yeah. we got this bag of chips. We animated him to look overweight. What's the voice going to be? How about something like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all right. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a funny little moment there, especially with the toilet paper. You don't want to fucking know. Uh, Barry then meets a Stephen Hawking-like wad of gum. <laughs> yeah. Which says the proper scientific name for gum. Which I love that it frustrates Barry that he's like, he could have just fucking said gum. Yeah. Yes. Um, that 
I believe it's voiced by Scott Underwood, but anyone really could have done that voice because it was, you know, mechanized. it is a Hawking. Um, he's the most intelligent food being in the world. He was stuck under the desk of a brilliant scientist for decades. Like, I love this fucking origin story for this piece of gum. That's pretty good. Uh, he figures out how to get Barry back to the closest shop wells. And the druggie agrees to help Barry get home, but first he passes out. We cut back to the supermarket where Frank goes to the dark aisle. And he finds, and the dark aisle is well done. It's it's just a lot of um, knives and kitchen utensils, yeah. so it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Um he finds a big cookbook and of course it's in a very twilight zone-esque way um instead of the great beyond it's beyond great recipes yeah um he opens it up and it's got all these disturbing ass depictions of humans eating the food in a way that only the food can see it which is yeah i thought that was clever that was one of the clever moments because you know the humans just look at the cookbook yeah it's a cookbook so and it's horrific man it's like you know yes as an artist myself like i was really impressed with how far they took those images like it's just fucking gruesome screaming hot dog being devoured (laughs) and uh you know the steak getting cut yeah 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 Yeah. it was it was it was really well done um when frank does get to the page with the sausage which obviously you know he relates very strongly to he rips that page out and sets off to tell the truth. Um, back at the druggie's house, the druggie wakes up, but the effects of the basalts wear off, and he can't understand or see the food in their true form anymore. So they oh, just. But he's become, really fucking hungry. Yeah, that basalt worked up an appetite in in our friend here, um, and he sees the sausage. Uh, oh no! For, first, first, I think he goes for the chips. Yeah, and, and you know he fucking explodes. And then he sees the sausage and walks the sausage over to the kitchen, you know, put some water on the stove to boil it up. And he's going to drop that motherfucker in there. Um, you know, and of course, poor uh, Michael Sarah screaming the whole time. It's now morning. The store's about to open. Frank gets himself on camera and speaks to all the food. Um, his goal here is to explain to them that the gods are going to kill them and they're not going to the great beyond. And he's showing them the pages of the book. And uh, you want to hit this next clip for me? This is uh, this pivotal moment in the movie where, um, you know, it's all been leading up to. Friends. Friends. Ramen. (laughs) Country Club Lemonade. Lend me your ears ears. of corn. I am Frank. and, and, And I am a sausage. A little sausage with some pretty big news. Everything we've been led to believe is a lie. When we get chosen by the gods, they're choosing us for death, murder, automatic expiration. The great beyond is bullshit. What? That's crazy talk. I know you don't want to believe it, but I have proof. What about the extra virgin olive oil? My flaps will be dry for an eternity. I can't have dry flaps. I can't. (laughs) Okay, whoa, whoa, easy. Guys, easy. Look, I have a plan. 
we can run! I can't run! I'll melt! Okay, uh, uh then, then, uh, we'll hide! Where? I'm huge! Then we'll fight! I ain't fighting alongside a bunch of fruits! Whatever, you <laughs> nutjob! So, we cannot run, we cannot hide, and we cannot stand up to them because they're fucking gods! And they're immortal! So, basically, there's no hope, and we're royally fucked! Hey, guys! You wanna believe that? Or this? I don't like bad things. Me either. We choose the more pleasant thing. Yeah, I mean, what this sausage is saying, it's just a, a theory. No, 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 it's not a theory, you morons. It's a fact. I'm showing you physical evidence. Open your fucking eyes. Don't be so weak. Oh, Frank, what are you doing? You, senor, have no bedside manner. What? I have bedside manner? You don't respect anyone else's beliefs. You intolerant piece of shit. By the way, that was uh, Hitler calling him an intolerant piece of shit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Frank learns a very valuable lesson here in, um, you know, his his approach, because he's got the evidence. He's got the piece of the puzzle he was missing. And in his mind, there's no good reason why these these people shouldn't accept what he perceives to be the truth. But he basically just calls them all fucking idiots. And it was uh, not well received. So um, he leaves defeated, but he reunites with his buddy, Barry, who shows up at the supermarket in heroic fashion, bringing with him the decapitated head of the druggie. Yeah, little Dicky. Little Dicky. We get a little flashback to see how this all happened because it was pretty fucking shocking. And, uh, you know, Barry was dropped into the boiling water, but the guy missed. So he tried to pick him up, but knocked over the pot, burned himself. And while that happened, Barry grabbed his shoelace, he slipped, he fell, and he had this like battle axe on the wall, which is, uh, you know, an, an odd decor choice, but maybe a cool decor choice coming from the guy who has a, yeah. Well, he also had say. a poster behind him of some kind of like, um, like, a, uh, medieval type like thing, like something like teeny Matini or something like that. I mean, it was like some kind of centaur thing. He had all kinds of like, that stuff yeah, on his apartment like so. dungeons and dragons yeah, yeah. Adjacent he was a nerd. kind of stuff i'm talking a lot of shit there's definitely a captain america shield on on the wall in this house yeah. so <laughs> it could do some damage um yeah the axe falls from the wall chops his head off and uh that's how that happens so barry and the rest of the food in his house uh, along with their new pal toilet paper and gum um make it to the supermarket so with this revelation, Frank now knows somebody else who has witnessed the truth of their, their reality, the, the gods. Um, and they also now know that the gods can be killed. So the food sets out to stop them once and for all. Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me. Frank, I'm sorry. You know, when you guys fell out of that cart, I, I could have done something, but I didn't. And I did the same thing as they killed Carl. <gasps> Those fuckers. They killed Kenny. No, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he did. They they truly are monsters. Yeah, and those monsters are gonna kill Brenda. She's somewhere out there in a cart. I tried to warn everyone, but they didn't believe me. Of course they didn't. You just called them all a bunch of fucking idiots. You can't just slam their beliefs. You have to show them that there's a better way. You need to inspire them like you inspired me. You need to give them hope. Hope? 
Well, how the fuck are we supposed to give them that? You got lucky and killed a stupid one. There's dozens of them down there. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. Who are you? I am Sorbitol, Malitol, Xylitol. His name's Gum. So just introduce yourself as Gum from now on. He's great. <laughs> that gag gets me. I don't know why. It is uh, pretty good. So Frank uh, sees the cart that Brenda's in. And uh, he races to get her while, while Barry sort of organizes the troops. They are cooking the bath salts and dipping toothpicks in them and using them as arrows, which they shoot at the shoppers. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work right um, away. It takes a minute. It takes a minute. Um, but it, when it does eventually work, they start to see the sentient food. Yep. And they are freaking out, man. Um, the lady with Brenda's package, she tries to run, but Frank locks the store, the doors, and she slams into it. Um, she grabs Frank and almost squeezes the life out of him, but Brenda whacks her face to the ground, saving her man. Um, you know, the food, they're trying to get the shopper's attention. Uh, a woman slams a slice of pizza against a door. It's a fucking free-for-all. Um, it is, it's impressive in its scope and scale. I'll say that. Um, I have another quick clip. If you want to hit it, we get we get some more of these uh, these moments here. You see, there is hope. No, not this guy. No one asked for an encore, asshole. No, no, I don't. I got it this time. This time it's gonna be good. Look, I'm sorry. I wasn't respectful of your beliefs, and I and I acted like I had all the answers, but I don't. Nobody knows everything, but what I do know is that together. We can fight these monsters and take control of our own lives. Yes, our lives and our bodies. We need to unite and stop focusing on each other's differences, especially in immature and outdated ways. We have to cooperate and... Ah! Oh no, pizza! <laughs> oh no, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the get out of jail free card, basically. You know, the very on the nose, like we have to stop judging each other in racist and outdated ways. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was the whole movie. Um, <laughs> so uh, some of these death scenes are really inventive. You know, we, of course, get the um, the gumball shooting themselves at a guy. We get the old soda and uh, Mentos. Yeah, where the yeah. Mentos package, yeah, which is alive, good. rips off its ass and the Mentos that are inside of it are alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very troubling to think about for too long. Also, when I start thinking about like each food item is alive, mm-hmm. like so when they make bread, they have to kill flour and other th- ingredients in order to make the bread. That's true. Yeah, you could take that thought exercise way too far. Yeah, and that that you know, in looking at sort of like the the behind the scenes of this movie this whole idea the premise was born out of like a respect for toy story and the the concept you know really like that idea of like what happens to yep. inanimate objects um you know if, if you give them agency and sentience like how interesting would it be if food was alive and how problematic would that be um yeah man it's 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 pretty fucking nuts um but we can't forget about who you calling nuts you fruit you fruit <laughs> <laughs> I've also neglected to mention this and we talked about the humor being really, you know, vulgar and on the nose, 
But the most Mel Brooksian humor in this movie, and I haven't mentioned it yet, is that every time the douche appears and says something, there's a food pun where that food will come into the scene and be like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and it's really good. Oh, the it's best really was like, good. okay, so, and the case comes in. Yes. Okay, that was like, a, that's a stretch, and you fucking you know, know it. it. <laughs> Those were great. Those were yeah. really great. I agree. I did like that. Um. So yeah, we have in that in that scene, Frank very quickly atoning for what an asshole he was, and and the way that he approached that whole situation. Um, you know, this this felt to me very um a humanist message, which was kind of nice after all of this debauchery. Um, so basically they win the war on people in this supermarket and you see their bodies shoved into freezers and you know, it's, it's gruesome, but they're celebrating because they did the impossible. Um, but we can't forget about our friend El Duche. So in this battle, the douche actually takes control of that supermarket clerk yeah. and, and inserts himself into his ass and steers him via his scrotum, which is such a wonderful yeah. play on the Ratatouille thing. Yeah. Also, any hole do, I guess. <laughs> it's like, not my first choice, but you know, yeah. beggars can't be choosers. And, and of course, the supermarket clerk has a gun. So, you know, he's still trying the douches to exact his revenge and kill Frank. Yeah. Um, Who bi- he bites a chunk out of Frank. Yeah. He does. He does. I'm a right. god now. <laughs> It's it's pretty intense and also pretty stupid because the fight happens in the zipper of the guy's pants and Frank is hanging out of it much yep. like a flopping dick. Yep. Well, well, so visually, it's like, you know, I can imagine these guys sitting in that writer's room go <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey man, what it, if like he like what if the hot dog is sitting on his pants like a dick? <laughs> hey, hey Eric, exactly. I got an idea for some art. Be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but interestingly enough, it's it's uh, Brenda who saves the day. She swings down to save Frank, while Barry and his friends set up a garbage bin with explosive that, the explosives that hurtle toward Darren and the douche. Uh, the bin snatches them up. It launched out of the store and they explode in the sky um, with fireworks because remember it is red, white, and blue day. Yep. Yes. Uh, so now the food is won. Frank and Brenda decide to do what they've been wanting and yearning to do this whole time, which is to get all up in them buns. So we get um, a wholly unnecessary <laughs> food orgy um, that, that, Honestly, like if there wasn't stuff already in this movie where like that was too much, this was too much. Yeah. This was way. Well, th- this much. is what really soured me on this movie, not because of the obvious, but it's a movie about the merits of atheism. And this whole orgy scene just all it is is fuel for you know, those who want to disprove atheism that, you know, if you're an atheist, you have no morals, you do whatever you want, you kill people, you fuck whoever you want. So they had a fucking orgy where everybody's doing everything to everybody and, and all it is is fuel for the other side. Right. So so any kind of message that they set up in this, they fucking just basically doused it 
They totally do. I, I'm in and, total agreement so, with you. So they See, fucked up. I, I like, read they that just differently. Flat out fucked up. I, I, that's an interesting take. I, I didn't think of it that way at all. I read it differently. I read it as more like they realized that all the things that they were keeping them like into their own things didn't matter, and now they were free to just you know be accepting of anything. I mean, I think that's what they were going for, like you know, to to shed the repression and all of that. But yeah. it wasn't. I'm going to have you play what's my last clip of the movie. And this was the message in this movie that I really loved. And it was, it was completely blindsided by this uh, very long orgy scene that followed it. It was longer. They had to cut it down. Rogan, <laughs> Rogan and Goldberg thought it was too much. Yeah. Cause yeah, they yeah, let yeah. the <laughs> animators do whatever the fuck they yeah. wanted. And they actually had to edit this shit down. Oh my God. It was Imagine. too much for those two. That's oh. hysterical. That's yeah, that that's yeah. Those animators must have been super frustrated at that point. Like, yes, you know what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So want, Joe, if you, you want to hit it. this, if you want to hit this last clip for me, this is the message in this movie that I really um resonated with me. That was amazing. That was okay, but you were amazing. I can't believe we were saving ourselves for the great beyond when it, it was, was right, right in front, front of us, us the, the whole, whole time. time. I love you, Brenda. I love you, Frank. You know, my bonus still hasn't gone down. Is that bad? Bad for my asshole. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, though, your recovery time is off the chart. <laughs> so maybe not that last part, but the part right before it. Um, I love the I love the message there, and they immediately ruined it with the boner joke, yeah. which is it's kind right. of par for the course with this movie. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of give and take here. Um so that's pretty much the end of the movie, except for after all that, Gum comes back to Frank and his friends with some important news, takes them back to Firewater's lair, tells them another truth. All of them are just cartoons coming from the mind of a, uh, a schlubby Jewish actor named Seth Rogan and his buddies, <laughs> Edward Nortan. Yeah. Yes. A more talented and celebrated actor, Edward Nortan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not to worry, Gum has invented a machine, which is just the Stargate from Stargate, but a toilet seat with Christmas lights yep. on it. <laughs> and uh, he built it for them to go into the real world and cut the strings loose from these puppet masters. So Frank and his friends hold hands, take one final rip of the kazoo and make the leap into another crazy new world. And that is Sausage Party. Man. I don't think we've ever had a movie quite like this on the show because we're having some very serious discussion here about this silly. I feel like silly. we're having way more serious discussion than people who wrote it than they did. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Or, or at least some of them, I feel like some of them got their ideas into the screenplay and they're there. And I, and I'll talk about it when we do our ratings, but they, they have a tendency to get overshadowed by the stupid shit. Uh, but with that said, We've got but one thing left to do. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. 
Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? No, I was not. <laughs> I got the sense. You want to let Doug go first? Just get it all out. I want to. I want to hear what Doug has to say. All right. I mean, I, I, I. Again, I think. I tend to think that they thought they were onto something, and they just missed the mark. I don't think that this was intentional. I think they really thought. They were going to get an opportunity to put the message of, you know, religion versus atheism out there and people were going to embrace it, but they just flat out fucked it up. And that, that, that angers me. It doesn't just disappoint me. It angers me because we need all the help we can get to get the point across. You know, for me as an atheist, I, I get pissed when people just provide fuel for the other side and that's, what I think happened here, especially with that orgy scene. I mean, it just counteracted any kind of message they, they had. And, and again, you already mentioned it, but it's crazy that it's a fucking movie called sausage party. It's animated and we're having these serious conversations about it, but the movie pissed me off. And that's why I, I don't like it again, besides the obvious, they thought they were the funniest people in the room and they weren't, You know, like you said, there there were people in the in the writers' room that scored, but then it got shit on by the dumb, obvious shit that they had to put in there. And it, again, it it pissed me off in that sense, as from a from a movie viewer's perspective, and and someone who enjoys comedy and enjoys a lot of the comedies that these people do. You know. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was talking about the movie last night. You know, we, we were having dinner, and so. The question came up with how did they get all these people to do this movie? But the answer is they're all friends. That's why they didn't have to pay them a lot of money. Normally, you'll get people in, a, you know, actors in a movie, you'll pay them a lot of money. No, they just yeah. call up their friends. They were going to do an animated movie with talking food. And it's going to be there's going to be an orgy in it. And, and everybody on that cast said, <laughs> fuck, yeah, count me in. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't know. So it, it kind of actually pissed me off this movie. So, um. You know, because there was an opportunity and they they with their own smugness, I think they fucked it up. So I'm inclined inclined to somewhat agree with you, man. And and yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, they they did a lot of undermining of themselves for sure. So all that said, this is not search and destroy or biodome or even um, Zoolander level bad, but it's not even coming close to cracking a three with me. I mean, I, this is a 2.5 for me. 2.5. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm sorry. That's okay, man. That's what this, that's what this show is for. And, uh, exactly. I was just stalling so I could find an appropriate sound effect since I moved all my soundboard <laughs> stuff over. Let's see if it. Yes. That is, that's very appropriate yeah. for my views on this movie. I think yeah. so. I think so. Joe, where'd you land with the sausage party? Uh, so to me, this is the Big Bang Theory of stoner movies. Like, 
they're telling you me all these jokes and they think it's super funny and they think it's going to be like nerd funny and, and, and stoner funny. And it just isn't like, this gets them a little bit finesse here. Like, I think it's just way too like heavy handed. Um, I think what's Doug saying is accurate, but I think he's giving it way more thought than they did. Like, I don't think they gave it much thought at all. They're like, oh, we're going to make this movie about like how religion sucks. And like, no, it's they were be pretty cool. straightforward with their ideas about that. I think we're going to, I, I we're just gonna, think like, they we're gonna think call, they're the smartest people in the room. We're going to call it all these religious tropes and like show how stupid it is. And like, <laughs> and like stereotypes and, <laughs> you know, I feel like something like that was, it was said. Um, I don't appreciate a lot of like, there's going too far. Like, we don't need the exterminate the juice line. I, because I, from some sauerkraut, yeah, we get it. The Germans in the 40s trying yep. to exterminate Jewish people is not a joke. <laughs> it like no. actually happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I guess it's heavy handed. There's a lot of unnecessary things in this movie. Um, the animation to me was not, not great. It felt like, like, uh, what's, what's that show? Jimmy Neutron. Like, it just felt shitty. Kind of shitty. <laughs> I think Jimmy Neutron's better, actually. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I agree with you. I get. It's I like, get it. On yep. that level, I did like the Dixar sticker. <laughs> I mean, I can't. that was funny. Um, yeah. there was some funny jokes here and there, and I do like some of the things it did. I just, I don't know. I don't need a movie about religion told to me by talking food. <laughs> I just don't. Like, it's just not necessary. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Like, um, I remember, I remember when this movie first came out, I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be amazing. And I got all excited for it. I'm like, all these actors that I love are going to be in it. And then I watched it. And, and the first time I ever watched it, I'm like, I never had an urge to watch it again. So I'm guessing that's like why, uh, I, I feel this way. Cause I'm probably felt this way the first time I watched it and just forgot about it. But I will go just slightly higher. It's not going to get a great, great score for me, but I, you know, it still falls into absurd comedy, which I prefer that to something that I find extremely boring, even though if it did have scenes that just made me think like, why did you make this choice? I'll give it like yep. a 3.2 or something. Okay. 3.2. Keep it somewhere middle in the of the middle. road. Yeah. I don't think I have a sound effect for something in the middle. It's either really good or really bad. You gotta just really go, bad. meh. It just yeah. takes some time. Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. Everything yeah. everything will be all right. Everything. Everything, everything will be all right. Everything will be all right. Nice reference, man. I, I thought you'd like the middle. The middle. Also, all it's right. appropriate since that's by a band whose initials are Jew. <laughs> <laughs> and they put that on stage and they play. It's, it's big J, period, E, period, W, period, whenever they play. Oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I'll go with my rating, obviously, last. It's going to be, uh, let me preface it by saying this. I understand that it's biased, and I'm trying to be very aware of that, especially, you know, upon watching this movie a couple of times, um, because there are problems with it. So I'm not, you know, going to elevate it beyond a place that I feel like I should. Um, part of the problem for me is that this movie is like finding water in a desert because (laughs) um, as far as as movies about atheism and especially about atheism in a remotely positive way, slim pickings, my friends. And to the extent that I've kept a short list of them as I've encountered them in media, 
you know, um, there's some television shows out there who have done things that were interesting and, but there's not, you know, pages and pages and pages of, of movies that, um, you know, celebrate or even defend it in any way. So it was right out of the gate. You have my attention, right? Because I'm starved for that sort of message in, in media. Um, what I felt about it was it's an absolutely stupid movie that in just little, little, little places, um, the message comes through, but it, it does feel constantly undermined by the attempt at comedy and the attempt at humor, which is so over the top um, that it actually detracts. So a lot of what Doug was saying, I completely agree with. Um, and that does feel like a disservice. Um, again, I can't speak for the creators of this movie or what their intentions were. Maybe they thought it was really funny. <laughs> you know, someone had to. Um, but it honestly moved me more than a cartoon about foods that fuck had any right to at the end of the day. <laughs> um, because it does tackle atheism. It does tackle humanism, which was ultimately more important to me. Uh, right. it, you know, uh, religious indoctrination, what it looks like from the inside and the outside, how it's empowering to leave, but it's also very alienating um, to a person leaving the faith behind for what they consider to be a greater truth. And that I feel like they could have explored that with much more tact, but the fact that they explored it at all was mind blowing to me. Okay. So I, I will say that, you know, cause it does address things like the problem of evil, cognitive dissonance, confirmation bias, uh, epistemological hedonism, which is just like the idea that we believe the thing that makes us feel good because it makes us feel good. That's stuff that I never expected to see in a movie about talking hot dogs, just <laughs> straight up. Um, I also like from the other side of the fence that this movie makes a point to say there is folly in mocking people who hold those beliefs. And that's something that atheists really need to learn, especially, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on the internet, um, you can't change hearts and minds by being a dickhead to people and telling them how fucking stupid you think they are. No, I'm this. guilty of that way more than I should be. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to learn, but you know, um, they again, at least attempted to explore that. So I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, they, they, they always say the best revenge is living well. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing about this movie was that it addressed for me. What's the biggest misconception about non-belief that it's negative, that it offers nothing in place of something. So when the movie started and Honey Mustard was just um, a nihilist and he killed himself, I thought, well, that's a real bummer for the atheist point of view. Like, right. I discovered there's no God, so fuck it. Like, like, that was pretty awful. But that's honestly what a lot of what you encounter out in the real world, like that sort of viewpoint. Um, this movie, like I said, at least made an attempt to bring the message back to the great beyond was in front of us the whole time that life is in fact more meaningful when it's not spent in want for something greater. So mm -hmm. those are big ideas. Did they handle them? Well, <laughs> probably not. Um, but the attempt was made. So because of those things, and I know I'm being long winded here, 
But that's why this movie was important to me because when they said that line, I actually cried in the theater because it's the first time I ever heard it in a movie. And it's something I've been saying my whole fucking um, adult life. So um, I'm going to be kind to this film. They really missed the mark with some of the humor. So I'm going to keep it in reality. I'm going to give it a 3.8 out of five. And, you know, it's not great. has a ton of problems, but it is what it is. So that's it for me. All right. Cool. I can see why, why that would touch you like that. Touch me right in my buns, buddy. Tell me where you were touched. Yeah, you gave it a backstage pass. <laughs> yes, I did. And and thank you for reminding me of that because, uh, you know, I made that um, rule and I didn't stick to it, but I, I'm really going to try. Yeah. Anytime I refer to butt stuff moving forward in my life, it's going to be <laughs> backstage pass. Just, I just thank you. Fuck it. We're gonna do that movie while my the next time I do a movie. But <laughs> I just oh, love fucking Elton John in that. It was so good. It was so fucking good. Um that's it for Sausage Party. We got some people to thank. Yeah. Oh boy. Now you gotta make me look for the list. Jeez. No, that's okay. We'll switch it up. We're gonna thank first show sponsor Mo DeWitt. Mo, Mo, DeWitt Mo. Law. If you were injured on the go, just call Mo if you Mo, have Mo, questions. Mo, just Mo. call Mo. Uh, you are a sentient piece of meat you get chopped up by a lady. Mo, Mo, Mo. You expect it to laugh more than that? You're grossly offended. I mean, that's maybe not an injury, but it's egregious. Mo, Mo. If you step on the broken shards of a shattered honey mustard jar, hurtling towards the ground, Mo. And again, go to Mo's uh, website, go to the shop section, check out the free and cheap stuff that you can get. I did a lot of the art for this stuff. It's really kitschy, really fun. The other day I was wearing a pair of Mo pajama pants and Mo's face all over me. Nice. You look cute. Yeah. Also, that Mo, if, if, if you got deaf from hearing how loud the Mo music was and couldn't hear anything Eric said just now, <laughs> you can call, just call Mo. Yeah, if I fucking blew your car speakers out, just call Mo. <laughs> Again, I apologize. I moved my whole rig over. It's a, I'm not good at technology, so uh, it's a lot of YouTube videos, guys. It really is. All right, and we do have some people to thank because I found the list now. I probably could have done it by heart. Because I love these people, every last one of them. But we'll read the list so I make sure I get it right. The people we're talking about are our Patreon subscribers. These folks, uh, they give us money every month. Um, they enjoy the show. They listen to the show. And they give us a little bit of scratch every month. And it certainly helps us keep the lights on. It's important to us. It means more than us, more to us than we can even really describe in a lot of intangible ways. So we want to give them a shout out for this. All right. We'll start off with founding member, Hannah Christ. Then we've got Mr. Peter Bianco from the Tone Jerks podcast, the Second Button podcast, and the Off the Rails podcast. Yep, Is Off the Rails. Yes, Mr. Brian Gower. Sorry, Brian, I'm still learning the, the name of the new one. It takes a lot to get in the old man's head. 
from the Just Surprise Me podcast and the Sharing Maps podcast, our co-host and good friend, Mr. Will Lehu. From the Like My Pedals podcast, the Texas State Bago Jams podcast, and the Texas Size 10-4 podcast, Tony DeGraw. We've got uh, Mr. Michael McVeigh, Mr. Adam El-Sayed, also Michael Van Zandt, and last and definitely not least is Mr. Eugene Rection. Thank you, Mr. Action. So if you feel the need, if you get the urge to join this crew and have us read your name and thank you profusely, you can find us at patreon.com backslash MOTCU. And we've got a little announcement regarding that. Well, I would play this, but now I'm concerned I'm going to really do some damage here. So this is normally the point at which my daughter would say very cutely, like, go subscribe or go fuck yourself. You know, not in those words. In a kid way. Also, uh, I must please once again ask you, re-subscribe to our new feed. It's got a new logo. You can tell the difference because it's not the three of us look like He-Man characters anymore. It's actually a TV with the MOTCU letters in front of it. So that's the new feed. That's the one you should be subscribed to if you want to continue to get new content from us. Because the old feed will die at the end of February 2023. So please. And we're not telling you you have to do this. But if the mood struck you when you resubscribe, if you would auto-download all the episodes, you can delete them after. Yeah. Just auto-download them all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it would help us tremendously. So why not do it? Yeah, bump the numbers up there for us. You can I download mean, them and then delete them. And then you know what? You can download them again and delete them because that yeah. might help too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be really we nice. Are not, we are not condoning cheating at all. No, we never. just think it might be a good idea. Yeah, it would be great all for right? you. You know, just test out your bandwidth capacity. Exactly. That's what we're doing. We're making sure your phone can handle it. Yeah. Right? And if you don't do it, then you could come at me, bro. Right. Exactly. exactly. El Duce. El Duce. Yep. And while we're asking for favors, um, rate the show. Give us a rating. Yes, please. Because uh, that helps too, believe it or not. If you throw us a rating and subscribe to the show, join the Facebook group, um, do all the stuff, you know. Yeah. Join the chat. We'll chat with you anytime. In fact, you know, if you would like to be a guest on the show, there's a movie you're just itching to talk about. Get on here, man. We'll talk with you. We got some oh, definitely coming up. Yeah, we're. Uh, I just spoke with uh, Mr. Boonjet trying to work out a date for the skateboard kid. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, we got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, and we we are coming up, believe it or not, on our hundredth episode. Oh. Counting really? Masters, I, I recalculated things. And while while we were on movie 59. Yeah, if you count all the Masters classes. Count the Masters class episodes. We are closing in in the next month or six weeks on episode 100. Wow. We got to yeah. do so something, man. There's that's something... like mind-blowing to me. That's crazy. You know? That's really cool. God yeah. damn. 100 you know? episodes. So We're going to think of something fun to do for that. Yeah, we'll do we'll do something. We'll do something cool. Damn. All right, guys. Well, holy moly. We uh, suck the sausage. Yep. And I liked it. With only, no. It really only leaves us with one thing to do, bro. Lights. Camera, bro. <laughs> I don't know why my Seth Rogen turned into Beavis and Butthead. Fuck off. <laughs> This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. 
And be sure to check out Monday Morning with Mo every Monday morning on Facebook Live with free answers to your legal questions. Injured in a car accident or dealing with personal injury? Mo can also help you with a workers' compensation case if you're injured on the job. I don't live in Florida, but Mo would be my go-to if I did. And the best part is they take all accident cases on a contingency fee basis. This means that they will take on your case, put up all necessary funds to build your case as strongly as possible, and they only get paid if they're successful in obtaining a settlement for you. There's no fee or obligation to ask about your cases, so contact Mo today. And make sure to follow Mo DeWitt just for his incredible promotional work. He's, he's a man after my own heart. So many pop culture and film references. I've done art for Mo where he's portrayed as Indiana Jones, Charlie Brown, Frosty the Snowman, Zach Morris, Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that. That's a, uh, that's a legal question. If you're injured on the go, just call Moe.